Some of you guys are liking that, aren't you? Starting a new series today entitled Anonymous. And the whole reason for this series is to remind and to encourage us as God's children that we are not a number. He knows our name. He has given us an identity and he has a purpose for each and every one of you. Would you stand for the reading of God's word from the book of Isaiah? The book of Isaiah, chapter 40, yeah, where are we here? (laughs) Chapter 43, there it is, verse 1, but now, this is what the Lord says, O you, he who created you. O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Come on, somebody. Maybe you're just still sleeping. (laughs) He's called us by name. He's redeemed us. And we are His. You may be seated. Over the next four weeks, we just want to remind you that you are not a statistic. You're not just here by chance, you're not a number. You're a person with a name, and you matter to God. Now, if you have not figured that out, if you don't realize that you matter to God, if you don't realize that God knows your name, if you just see yourself as a statistic, I don't know about you, but that's pretty depressing. In fact, it's very depressing to think that you're nothing more than one of 7.7 billion people just taking up space here on earth and that your life is meaningless and you have no purpose. Next week, Pastor Matt is going to share how God changes people's names. There are many people in the Bible who God changed their name. Two weeks from today, I'll be talking about how God has a name for you. And then we're going to finish the series with what I think is is my favorite. Behind every name, there's a story, isn't there? Behind every name, there's a story. Well, today I want us to take a look at The difference between the darkness and the danger 
of not knowing or being known by God and the light and life of being known and knowing God. How many know there's a difference between the two? Well, let's take a look at the first one, the darkness and the danger of not knowing or being known by God. I don't know if you saw it or not, but this past Monday, over 200 people from over 50-some nations gathered at a former Nazi camp in Auschwitz to mark the 75th anniversary of the prisoners being released from that camp by Soviet forces. I watched the video of a man who gave witness to what that camp was like. He says you were led in by these groups of people and first you were whipped and it didn't matter what how old or what size you were and then he says you were taken into this big building and he says the first table is where you had to surrender all your clothes and you were stripped down to nothing the second table is the barber where they shaved you for hygiene purposes they said then he said the third table is you had to offer your left arm. And they took this dirty alcohol wiped, and they wiped the forearm, and then a man stuck a pin into an inkwell. And they gave you a tattoo. That was a number. The fourth table, he says, you went and you got your prison clothes, he called them with that number attached to your clothing so they would know what was yours. And then he said the fifth table, you got the priceless commodity, the thing that was so special. He says you got a little bowl. And he said that bowl was a priceless commodity because that was your rationing bowl for your food. The numbering of prisoners have become synonymous with dehumanization, dehumanization, it's dehumanizing to no longer be called by your name, but by a number. Let me ask, do these numbers mean anything to you? 42799, does that mean anything to you? How about 250197? Does that mean anything to you? 105519. Do those numbers mean anything to you? But behind those numbers are names. People like Frank Sinatra, Suzanne Summers, and Bill Gates. And you're like, what? Just think how much the times have changed. 1938, 
Frank Sinatra was basically arrested for adultery. Suzanne Summers, Three's Company. Remember American Graffiti in the back of the T-Bird? <laughs> Suzanne Summers in 1970 was arrested in California for passing out bad checks. And Bill Gates, 1977, he was arrested for running a stoplight and not having his license on him. Boy, how times have changed. But when we see the numbers, they mean nothing. But behind every number is a name. If you just think you're a number, if you can get caught up in thinking that you're here on earth and you're just a number, you're, you're anonymous, you're just a statistic, how many know if you get caught up in that, all of a sudden you realize that you don't matter, you don't count, your life is insignificant? As a matter of fact, now I'm going to take a little stretch here, but essentially, essentially, and hear me out, the Bible says that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you're a prisoner. What, what do you mean by that? You're a prisoner. Romans 2.20 says this. When you were a slave to sin, and you can interchange that word slave with prisoners, how many know that before you knew Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you were a prisoner to sin? You were a slave to sin. And we know that our enemy, the devil, is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And what does he steal from us? What does he take away from us? He takes away your identity. He takes away your name. And he wants to give you a number. In fact, we know that he even has a number, doesn't he? It says he also forced everyone, small and great, rich or poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehand so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. His number is... I was going to dig through my records and show you, but I remember one year. <laughs> Can anybody ever remember, you know, checks? I remember one year, the check was 666. And guess what I was writing it for? Not the church, no, God forbid. <laughs> I, was, I was writing it for my estimated taxes. <laughs> And I almost was going to rip it out and, get, and avoid it, but I said, nah, it's okay. Uh, 
Think about it. How does he still kill and destroy? By making you anonymous. By making you just a number. By just making you a statistic. You see, when people are anonymous, it's easy for them to do wrong. Now, there was this interesting study done at Cambridge Mellon University. And listen to what the study said. In the study, they found that students are more likely to cheat if they don't know the professor and if the professor don't know, doesn't know their name. So if they don't know the professor and the professor doesn't know them, they are more likely to cheat because there's no embarrassment, there's no guilt, there's no relationship. It's just a person up there and a person out there. So cheating becomes easy because you're anonymous. Read this interesting kind of cute story about a class that was in an auditorium of 200 people. And they were taking their final. And it was timed and the professor said, okay, time up. Everybody up, hand in your paper. And there was a young man in the back who just kept writing because he figured that with 200 students turning in all their papers, he's got a couple more minutes. And he's just writing, and finally he sees that it's starting to thin out, and he gets up, and he's in back of the line, and all the students are just laying their papers on, on the desk of the professor. And all of a sudden, he gets up there, and the professor says, young man, I'm going to have to give you an F, because when I said time was up, you kept writing. And this young man looked at the professor and says, hey, do you know my name? And the professor says, no, I don't even know who you are. And that young man took a stack of paper, kind of like opened it up, slid his paper in there, closed it up and said, see ya. Because when you are anonymous, it's easy to do wrong. In fact, you would probably have to talk to one of the younger staff members like Pastor Todd or Pastor Matt or Pastor Jamal, but I understand, and I don't know the whole inner workings, but on social media, many young people will have many different profiles, that, that they'll make up profiles that aren't really them, but it is them, but no one knows that it's them, so that they can surf without anybody knowing who they are. How many know darkness loves, oops, get back here. Darkness loves anonymity. The darkness of anonymity feeds sin. When you're just a number, you're living in darkness. And in that darkness, it feeds the sin. Ephesians says it this way. Paul writes this, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Sin loves darkness. Why does sin love darkness? Sin loves it because it's anonymous. The love covers, sin covers and, and multiplies and flourishes in darkness because it can be anonymous and, and not found out. John's gospel says it this way. Everyone who does evil hates light. 
Why? And will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Satan. One of the biggest prison wardens in the world wants you to think that you're just a statistic, that you're just a number. God doesn't know your name. Your life is nothing. Your life is meaningless. Your life is worthless. You're just anonymous. So what you do doesn't matter. But the next verse in John says this, but whoever lives by truth comes into the light. I love this. Let's take a look at the light and the life of being known and being of being known and by knowing God. God says, come. Come to me. You have a name. I want you to leave the darkness. I don't want you to be anonymous. I don't want you to just be a number. I have a name for you, and I've given you an identity, and I've given you a purpose. John 10.3 says the shepherd opens the gate. Now, who's the great shepherd? And the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by, by name. Mike, PJ, Bill, Bob, Raina, Bonnie, Simone. And he leads them out. He leads them out. Why? Because each and every one of us has a reason for being and he's given us a purpose. This is how I see it. If you have a name, you have a purpose. And everyone has been given the name a child of God. And as a child of God, each and every one of us has a purpose. In Genesis chapter 1, when God gave names to things, he gave them because they had a purpose. And then it's kind of cool. God kind of like almost gets tired of it. And in Genesis chapter 2, he gives the job to Adam and I've, I, I don't know, I've always thought it's kind of comical. You know, Adam's there naming animals. Arkvark. <laughs> That's creative. That's pretty good. Adam? Platypus. <laughs> I, I was wondering what God was thinking as, as Adam's there naming uh, animals. But then in Exodus chapter 31, the Lord says to Moses, See, I have chosen Belzeal, son of Uriah, the son of Hur. Now, just stop here for a moment. Not only does God know Bel's, all else name, but he knows his father's name, and he knows his grandfather's name. And he even knows what tribe he's from. 
I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill and ability and knowledge of all kinds of crafts. And because God gave him the ability and the identity as a craftsman, what does God put him in charge of? Does anybody know? Chief architect of the tabernacle. Hey, Moses, come here. I know how I've wired you. And I'm looking for a leader with some passion. I need someone to lead the greatest jailbreak in Egypt. And I'm looking for a felon on the run. And I know you're a murderer. And I want you to go back. Can you imagine? I want you to go back. Because I have called you. I've given you a name. I've given you an identity. And I know you can go before Pharaoh and represent me that you can tell Pharaoh to let my people go. In Psalms 139, if you don't think God knows you, just this week, read Psalms 139. He knows your routines. He knows when you rise and when you sit. He perceives your thoughts from afar. He knows your destinations. He knows where you're going and where you're coming. He's familiar. He knows your choices. He knows your favorite breakfast. He knows your favorite lunch. And he knows your favorite dinner. God knows what you're going to say even before it's said. Psalms 139 reminds us that we're not anonymous before God, that God knows everything about us. And when you think about that, it's either like, oh no, or it's like, oh yes. Because if he knows where I am every moment of every day, no wonder he's the close as the mention of his name. And when I'm ever in need of help, I can just call him because he knows where I am. You're not just a number. You're not anonymous. He knows everything about you. That's why in our text this morning, it says, fear not. Fear not. If God knows your name, then you matter. And if you matter, fear not. And what has he done? He has redeemed us. When he redeems us, now last week in the second service, there were two people who raised their hand to give their hearts to Jesus Christ. 
And when that first one raised their hand, God did not write 2,786,347,886. And when that second person raised their hand, he didn't write 2,786,387,887. He didn't write a number. But in Luke chapter 10, remember when Jesus sent out his disciples and they came back to give a report and, and they say, Lord, even the demons submitted to us. And he says, don't rejoice that the, the evil spirits submitted, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. God doesn't write a number. He writes your name. Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes will be like them, will be like the angels, will be dressed in white. And we, I will never erase, what? Not his number. I will never erase his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name. Arnaldo, before God. And his angels. Many years ago, on Mother's Day, I, I remember using the scripture verse from Isaiah. If you don't think God cares about you, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? No. How can a mother? But even though she may forget, what does God say? I'll never forget you. Why? Because you have a name and you matter. It's been many years ago since I read A Gentle Thunder by Max Licato. But there's something in it I'll never forget. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be in it. If God had a wallet, your photo would be in it. He sends you flowers every spring and a sunrise every morning. Whenever you want to talk, he'll listen. He can live wherever he wants in the universe, yet he chose your heart. And how about the Christmas gift he sent to you in Bethlehem? Face it, my friends, he's crazy about you. Prisoners have numbers. Children have a name. And God knows the name of his children. And you matter before him. Would you bow your heads with me?